Let's open our Bibles today to um, uh, Psalm 133. And I want to talk to you today about the corporate anointing. The corporate, you know, the corporate is the group. There's the individual. Thank God for individuals. Thank God for the individual anointing that's on people's lives. God has anointed us, amen, with his Holy Spirit. But there's a much greater anointing when we come together. Can I have a good amen? And I've recognized this in ministry. You know, you can go into a place and, and you can be all fired up and charged up and prayed up. And, and uh, you know, you come in and there's just sort of a, a deadness, you know. And, you know, you've prepared and prayed and everything else, but it's just like, uh. But on the other hand, you can come into a place and there's a, a zeal for God and maybe you're tired and, and uh, lonely and struggling, but the anointing's there. The anointing's there. You know, the scripture said, the anointing destroys the yoke. There's power in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so crucial to what God is doing today. We are not going to see change in our society without the power of the Holy Spirit in these days. Intellectual arguments, our personal zeal, whatever we try to do with our mental and physical and emotional abilities will not cut the mustard in these days. Amen. We're going to need a manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. But hallelujah, he lives in us. We just need to learn how to cooperate with him and let him do what he wants to do. So Heavenly Father, I thank you today, Lord, as we, as we enter into the scriptures and look to see what you say about the corporate anointing, the anointing upon a group of people, that you want this unity and power and this release of the Holy Spirit in your church today. Lord, give us grace to talk about it the way you want it talked about it. Give us grace to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church, even specifically, Lord, to the country church, what you would have to say to this people, that they might enter into your plan for them and that there might be a great release of your Holy Spirit in these days. Because, Lord, I believe that the best is yet to come. It's not just a slogan, Lord, that I would say, but I believe the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. That you who have begun a good work in us and you that who have begun a good work in the country church shall complete it until the day of Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You know, this morning as I was praying for the country church, I began to pray in the spirit in an unknown tongue, and I noticed it was a different tongue than I usually do, and that usually means he's given me a message. <laughs> you know, it's not just my normal prayer language. It was something different was going on. And after that little season of prayer in the spirit, I began to get a picture that came up in my mind. And it was a, an airliner. I mean, it was a big airliner. You know what I'm talking about, a jet plane that carries passengers. 
Only this is a big one. A big one. Hallelujah. And it was flying, praise God. And that speaks of the capacity of what God can do through your church. And I believe I'm speaking prophetically to your church now, what I'm saying here. But also, this is speaking to me, because as, as I was getting this, it was like the Lord saying, this is for you, too. <laughs> uh, the capacity. The capa- you know, we don't recognize our capacity in God. With God, all things are possible. You know, it's true. Without God, we can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible. So as we coordinate, function, and unite, and labor together with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. Amen. The thing about this plane, it was flying kind of low. It was flying about 10,000 feet. Well, that's, you know, that's a ways up there. But the, the thing about it is, you know, they, they can fly over 30,000 feet. And it just began to speak to me about how we limit God in our thinking. That we can fly much higher and we can accomplish much more. And I believe the Lord wants to encourage you as a church that there's great potential for this church to carry many people to glory, to reach many people for Christ. And and not not only as a great family local church, okay? But to expand your thinking to see that the capacity is much greater. To train ministers. To maybe plant churches. Satellite churches, or however it works. And to reach this world for Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to take the limits off of God today and see the potential of a people who are totally yielded to God. Now, sometimes we think, well, we're in a small community here. You know, you're, 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 you're going a little off the deep end here, Tom. But I want you to know, with God, all things are possible. And God, I believe, wants you to take the limits off your thinking. I saw this plane flying and to me, I thought, this is about 10,000 feet. And then it was like I saw a picture of the uh, altimeter. Is that what it's called? Altometer. Not the odometer. The altometer. The gauge that tells you how high it's flying. And it was like there was a governor. You know, sort of like in, on your accelerator, you can only go 55, governor. Well, this, with this governor, you could only go so high. And God says, take the limits off and start flying higher. Start getting a greater vision, amen, for what God can do through your church and through your life. Take the limits off of God, amen. I mean, God is not limited, amen. But many times, it's us that limits God. There's a saying, and I, w- I was reminded of it this morning as I was praying this, and it goes something like this. Uh, attitude is more important than aptitude in determining your altitude. <laughs> so, let's get rid of those 
small thinking attitudes. Amen? And let's go for greater heights. How many amens can I have on that today? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And sister to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. How good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. How many know that's right? How many have experienced that in your life? You know, you've probably experienced that in the last couple of days, coming together to work for the Lord. Amen? For his cause. That's an awesome thing. How good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Unity is such a powerful thing. It brings a release of the Holy Spirit. Disunity disrupts the flow of the Holy Spirit. Strife and division hinders the flow of the Holy Spirit and hinders what God can do. As we unite ourselves in Him and work towards His cause and flow together with Him and flow together with one another and love one another, the power of God is released in a much greater way. And that's what God is looking for in His church. That's when the corporate anointing comes. He says it's like the oil upon Aaron's beard. Oil's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. When we flow together in unity, it brings a release or an enablement of the Holy Spirit to flow down upon the beard and upon the skirts of the garment, upon throughout the whole body. The body of Christ, the anointing spreads in the body of Christ. And the, even the young Christians begin to pick up on that spirit of unity and that spirit of the anointing of the Spirit of God. And God's Spirit begins to flow in revival and lives are touched. In that place, he says, the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. How many are interested in life forevermore? How many are interested in life forevermore for your neighbors? the people of Ruthton and Pipestone and all around this area. What's your town's name, Paul? Lake Benton shall be saved. In Jesus' name, amen? And you see, this tells me that we can have something to do about whether or not folks get saved or not. By coming into unity and learning to flow in unity, we create an environment in which it's easy to get saved. You know, I know a little bit of something about that, but there, when there's a revival in the land, it's easy for people to get saved. You know, I read stories about uh, Charles Finney's revivals and, and revivals during the Great Awakening in America. Things have happened in America. In America. God moves in America. And the power of God was so great during those seasons of revival, it was easy to get saved. In uh, upper New York, uh, in, during Fenney's revivals, 
Basically, all the bars were shut down. There was no need for jails. The people were changed, transformed by the mighty power of God. And during some of those revivals, the power of God was so great in those cities that when someone would come as a traveler into that, into that place, before they would even get there, the Spirit of God would come upon them and convict them of their sins. There was stories of people that were coming in on a wagon and, and had to pull over to the side of the road and get over to, uh, on the side of the road and fall on their knees and cry out to God for mercy just because of the glory of the presence of God that was in those places. Hallelujah. That's what we need in America. That's what's going to bring a realization, an awareness. There needs to be an awareness of the reality of God. Because if people just go, keep going with their same natural thinking, they're going to keep going down the same old pit they have been. But when there's an awareness of God, things change. And I know that when we came to the Lord back in the, in the 70s, it was kind of like that. It was easy to get saved. There was a lot of us that got saved back in the 70s, you know. And the 80s. <laughs> they, yeah, they did it in, in barns then, right? Uh, kneeling, by, uh, kneeling by the hay bale. But there was a lot of us long-haired hippie types back in the 70s that came to the Lord. They, they call it the Jesus movement. We didn't know it was the Jesus movement. <laughs> we just thought it was Jesus. <laughs> we got Jesus. We were searching and searching and looking, trying all these things. And, you know, we just, we weren't satisfied. But Jesus manifested himself in our lives. And many of us came to know the Lord. So I know that we can see revival again. Amen. And we need this corporate anointing. We need to flow uh, with that spirit of revival. Unity creates the conditions in which God can move, enables him to move. You know, I talked about in Second Chronicles when they were dedicating the temple, Solomon's temple. They got all the praise and worshipers together, right? They didn't have, they said it didn't have it by waiting by course. They didn't have, you know, team one and two and three. They had them all together at once. And there was 120 uh, Levites blowing trumpets, and there was psalteries and harps, and there was all these people, and they were singing. And the Bible said they were making one sound, saying, the Lord is good, for, and his mercy endures forever. And the Bible said, cloud of glory came into that place so that the ministers could not stand. I mean, the tangible presence of God came in there so strong that they could not stand. I mean, you know, in an environment like that, you can't deny God. Amen? The reality of God was so strong. But you see, they were making one sound. They were together. And folks, that's what we need to do in the church today. We need to make one sound. You know, quit the division stuff. The devil's always wanting to stir us up about this doctrine and this, this idea and this plan. Let's get together. Let's focus on what's important. Amen. Let's focus on souls. Amen. Let's focus on Jesus. And let's say the Lord, he is good. And his mercy endures forever. And I'll tell you, there will be a release of power in the land, in your church, in your families, praise God. Oh, I tell you, when the Spirit moves like that, 
it's easy to get saved. It's easy to get healed. It's easy to see lives transformed. Amen. It's easy to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I mean, fire spreads. Can I have an amen? amen? Let's turn in our Bibles over to the second chapter of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, something happened on the day of Pentecost. Let me read it a little bit more, and then I want to come back to that about Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let me know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we saw this in the book of Acts, we could see it today. Can I have an amen? And it says, they were in one accord and one place. But it says it was when the day of Pentecost was fully come. The day of Pentecost. God does things. <laughs> he orders things. He establishes things according to his will. All the Old Testament, you know, pointed towards the new. It's a pattern. It's a shadow and a type of the new. These things were written for our admonition. In the Old Testament, there were feasts of the Jews. And, of course, the, the first feast of the year was the, the feast of Passover or the feast of unleavened bread. Feast, the Passover was the, took place on the first day of the feast of the unleavened bread. That was the, the beginning of months for the Jews. And, of course, the Bible tells us that Christ, our Passover, was crucified for us. So just like on the Passover, they, they took and they slayed the lamb, right? And they put the blood on the doorpost. Jesus' blood was shed, amen, to deliver us from the death, death angel and make a way for us to come out of Egypt. That is the message of the cross. And then they went on and they had the feast of the unleavened bread, which really represents the body of Christ. Unleavened bread is his body broken for us. And then during the, un, the feast of the unleavened bread, they had the, what they called the wave sheaf offering. And that was an offering to God of the barley harvest because it was during the barley harvest that Passover was. So it was the first harvest of the spring in April. There, it would be like our April and there was a barley harvest, and they offered it to the Lord. And the wave sheaf offering, see, Jesus was, was crucified on Passover, but the wave sheaf offering, just so happens, was at the time that Jesus was raised from the dead. And he presented himself to God. And 50 days after the wave sheaf offering, because Pentecost means 50, okay, 50 days later, it was the Feast of Pentecost. It's a one day. It's a one day The Feast of the First Fruits. That's during the wheat harvest. And so when the day of Pentecost was fully come, God did something important too. Amen? And Jesus told his disciples, you know, he had died and he was buried and he rose again. And he told, told his disciples, wait for the promise of the Father. 
Which saith he, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And some people think, well, this baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's the kind of a sideline issue. That's not really very important. But look, God had a whole feast dedicated to this thing in the Old Testament. It's a shadow and a type of something very important. You think about it. Jesus gave his disciples a commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. How many think that's an important commission? Go into all the world, preach the gospel. That's my job. That's what I want you to do. Go into all the world. And then he's talking to them and he says, wait. First he says, go. Then he says, wait. <laughs> Ivan and I, we were always, and when we were in India, we were always saying, should we go or should we wait? <laughs> Almost an inside joke, but it was funny. <laughs> should we go? Or should we wait? Are you confused, Lord? Do you want us to go? Or do you want us to wait? He says, wait, then go. <laughs> because you need your artil artillery. <laughs> you need your weaponry. You need your power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Lake Benton, and the most parts of the world. You need the power. So he said, disciples, wait for the promise of the Father. Which saith he, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized in water, but you shall be baptized, immersed, overflowing, with the glory of God, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Wait. And so the Bible said they waited in an upper room, in one accord, in prayer, in one accord. One accord. One accord. So you mean they were all in one Honda? No, one accord. <laughs> one accord. It means they were with one passion and one mind, seeking the Lord together. The men and the women in an upper room praying and seeking God, waiting on the Lord together in prayer. We need that in our churches because it prepares the way, it ushers the way for the Holy Spirit to come. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were ready. They were prepared. They were in one accord, in one place. And suddenly, the Holy Ghost came in like a wind. And tongues of fire came and sat upon each of them. I, I imagine it was just like a, a glory that was so, that was so potent that you, it was visible and it just touched their heads. And the anointing of God came upon each of those people. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then it tells us, I believe in the sixth verse, that this was noised abroad. In other words, God had a divine advertising program. <laughs> and people, this was not just done in a little corner. They weren't just hiding out but they, they were speaking out in other languages. And it was noised abroad, and people came together, and they said, what is these? Are these fellows filled with new wine? 
you know? And they heard them speak these languages I'm talking about, but they were the languages, languages that they understood. The people in the streets understood. It was a sign and a wonder to them because they heard them speaking the marvelous works of God, but they didn't know the languages that they were speaking because they were speaking them up out of their spirit. They were speaking supernaturally up out of their spirit. But hallelujah, it was because they were in one accord, they were in in unity, that the Holy Spirit was able to come and manifest himself. Manifest himself. And they said, what's going on? These guys are drunk. And Peter stood up, he says, they are not drunk, saying it's the ninth hour of the day. But he said, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out on my spirit. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm glad I'm seeing visions. Amen? How many see visions? Praise God. I was awake. I saw a vision of a big jet liner. I guess I must be a young man. Amen. Young men dream, uh, see visions. Old men dream dreams. But anyway, <laughs> praise God, the Holy Spirit moved. He said, this is not that, this is not, they're not drunk. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. I will pour out my spirit. I will show show signs in the heaven and whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Peter stood up and he preached the gospel to those people. He told them about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Talk about how David said, you will not leave my soul in the grave, you know. He said David was not talking about himself. He was a prophet. He was talking about the Lord. Jesus is alive. You crucified him, but he's alive. And they said, oh my, what shall we do? They were pricked in their heart. They were convicted. What shall we do? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you too shall receive this power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said that 3,000 people were saved that day. They were added to the church. And a multiplication began to take place in which people were added to the church daily, such as should be saved. How many think we need a manifestation of the Spirit? How many think God wants to do this in the land today? But you see, we don't have to wait for the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost has already come. The Holy Spirit's here today. We don't have to wait. All we've got to do is get in position to receive from the Lord. All we've got to do is come into that one accord and seek the Lord with all our hearts, and he will pour out his spirit. And we'll start to fly 35,000 feet instead of 10,000 feet. You know, I hope you don't take that as a negative because you guys are flying. You just had a great... Great revival. But God is challenging you to say, hey, you know what? There's more. There's more. You can do more with me. Take the limits off. Praise God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost as we come in that one accord. Hallelujah. Uh, Let's go to 2 Corinthians for a moment. Or, I'm sorry. Where do you want to go? 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, Verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, 
so also is Christ. Christ means anointed one. We are the body of the anointed one. We carry, we literally carry the anointing of Jesus Christ. See, the, it's not just a religious phraseology when we say the body of Christ. He's talking about a spiritual reality. We carry the Spirit of God. And he says the body is one. There's not a Lutheran body, a Catholic body, or Methodist body, or what. There is a body of Christ. One body. One body. Amen. But there's many members of that one body. Just like my, he's, it's a picture of the physical body, right? There's ears and nose and eyes and feet. You know, it's a problem when you lose part of your body. We need the whole body. And the whole body has to be together and function together in one. In harmony. Now, that doesn't mean the ear is supposed to act like a knee. Amen? It doesn't mean the elbow is supposed to be like a big toe. Every part is different and has its own individual importance. When they sang in the Old Testament, making one sound, I don't think they were just singing one note. Right? But they were coordinated notes. They were harmonies. They were singing in harmony unto the Lord. That's what we need to do. We need to be in harmony as the different parts of the body. Verse 13, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. For by one, how many spirits? One spirit we are all baptized into one body. This is talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. Baptized into the body means getting saved. There's only one spirit that gets us saved. The same spirit that got me saved back in uh, 1977, got Pastor Rich saved in 1984. See, he's kind of a Johnny-come-lately, you know, I go back a little further. Amen? And the same spirit that touched my life and changed me touched your life. Came into you and bore witness that you're a child. It's the same spirit. We're different, but it's the same spirit. In Ephesians, it says, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Amplified version says, endeavor to keep the unity that the, that the spirit produces produced by the Spirit. It doesn't say endeavor to make the unity. It says endeavor to keep the unity. We already have unity. We already are one body. We already are, have come from one Spirit. There already is just one Savior. Amen. Our job is just to keep the unity. Because you see, the flesh wants to pull us every which way. For us to come into unity, number one, we have to come into unity with God. That's called the new birth. The scripture said, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. That's unity. I'm in union with the Lord. Amen? 
And then secondly, we need to come into unity with ourselves. Our spirit, our mind, our body need to be going the same direction. <laughs> That's called maturity. I think it's interesting that the oil flowed down on Aaron's beard. I believe that's a symbol of maturity. We need some maturity in the body of Christ. Amen. We need to have our spirit, soul, and body in unity. Because otherwise, our emotions can run every which way. We can fly off the handle and everything. You know, we can be serving the devil without even wanting to. So we need to come in unity with ourselves. And then we come into unity with one another and power is released. Power in our churches. Power in the body of Christ at large. And revival will come. And we need unity in our homes. Jesus said, if you will agree as touching anything, it shall be done of your Father which is in heaven. Agree. Everybody say agree. Uh, there's power in agreement. There's power in Jesus' name. There's power in prayer. Amen. But you see, disunity disrupts the power. It short circuits the power. That's why in one place he says, Husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor to them as the, as the weaker vessel, that your prayers be not hindered. So guys, if you don't treat your wife right, the Bible said your prayers will be hindered. What, what, is God just trying to be mean to us and keep us from getting our prayers answered? No, he's teaching us how to get our prayers answered. Get in unity. Amen. Come into harmony in the home. Treat your wife like Christ treat the church. Amen. Love her as Christ loved the church. Come into unity. Come into harmony. What's going to happen? Power. Power be released in your home and your family. Praise God. And the same thing in the church. Let's come into harmony. Let's come into that oneness. Let's come into that agreement. Let's deal with those offenses. Amen. Sweeten up. Love one another. Jesus said, if you love one another, your joy will be full. And he said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you love one another. See, it's not our preaching alone that's going to change this world. It, it's not going to be just us condemning the, the wickedness of this world. We have to be different. <laughs> How many hear what I'm saying? You shall be witnesses unto me. Somebody says, well, what you're doing is speaking a lot louder than what you're preaching. Right? We have to live this, and we have to walk in that love. And the thing of it is, God has given us the capacity to do this thing. If God says walk in unity, we can do it. Amen? But it's the Spirit that's produced that unity. And it's the Spirit that's released when we walk in unity. And when that happens, there's a manifestation of God. And when there's a manifestation of God, it's easy to get saved. And that's a good thing. Can I have an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's just bow our heads before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, how many today would say, you know what, I need some help from the Lord to, to do this little message, to put it into practice from my li- in my life. I need some help from the Lord to, to love my wife, uh, to love church members, to walk in unity. I need some help. Would you lift your hand if that's you? All right, just, just uh, good, good. Raise your hand high. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let's just, let's just stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Those of you that raised your hand, I just want to invite you just to come. Just come. Just say, yeah, I need some help. Let's just be honest. I'll be the first one up here. Praise God. I'm the first one up here. I just need some help. I want to see your spirit manifest, Lord. I want to see your glory. Your glory is more important to me than my little hurt feelings (laughs) or my pride or whatever it is that hinders me. Lord, I am here. I lay down my life before you that we might see this revival that you're talking about in the land, oh God. That we might see your heart beating in the land. Hallelujah. That we might sense what's important to you. Heavenly Father, Thank you for the grace of God today. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your help in time of need. Hallelujah. Just say, dear Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. He laid down his life for me. He was buried and he rose again. And he is my Savior, and he is my Lord. And he set an example. He loved his disciples to the end. He walked in love. He laid down his life. Greater love has no man than this. Then he laid down his life for his friends. I lay down my life that you might take over and have your way in me. Make me an instrument of peace. Use me to bring peace and harmony, reconciliation. Use me. Help me to give grace to others. I believe, Lord, you give me grace. I thank you for that. Help me to give grace to others, to forgive, and to walk in love. And I bind a critical spirit in my life or in this church or in the body of Christ. We love one another here. In Jesus' name. That's be a good slogan. We love one another here. We love one another here. Lord, thank you. We love one another here. In Jesus' name. Pour out your spirit today, Lord, in this place. Fill us up to overflowing. Maybe we've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we leak. We need a refill. I, I pray that you would fill hearts today. 
Praise God. Any of you that didn't, maybe you didn't come up for this altar call, but you just need a refill, come on up. We're just going to believe God to fill you up. Some of you are just tired. You poured out so much in the last few days. Just come up for a refill in Jesus' name. Thank you for a refill, Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way in these lives. Hallelujah. Thank you for the breakthrough. I thank you they do not do this in their own determined effort alone. It's by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. They just make themselves available. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that refill, reload, Holy Ghost refill in Jesus' name. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.